All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ podcast. Thank you for letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to episode 40 of the KISS FAQ podcast. I am your host this week, Lonnie Weissar, STL KISS on the KISS FAQ message board. And I am joined today by... The admin, Julian. Good morning. Mark, Marcus Almighty. Greetings. And Ken, 69th Blizzard. Howdy. All right. Well, we are back for another episode. It's our 40th episode. We've been we are approaching the the one year mark of doing these. So I hope you I hope that everyone who has been watching and listening has been enjoying them. And as long as you guys are watching and listening and enjoying them. We continue to enjoy to do them. We will keep doing them. So, today's topic is Kiss 2.0. Now, some of you might have already turned off when you heard that today's topic is Kiss 2.0 because I know a lot of you. Um, just lost I turned off. Sorry. <laughs> we know that a lot of you have said that that is when. Um, you will check out of following the band on a day-to-day basis or being a fan, period, is when KISS 2.0 arrives. So KISS 2.0, we've heard about, I think the first time we heard about it was, the possibility of it was around 2004 on the Rock the Nation tour. Um, KISS was putting out um, the short-lived KISS magazine. And there was an interview with Paul in there, and Paul talked about how... Um, not only were the Spaceman and the Catman replaceable characters, but he felt that eventually a day would come where all four members could be replaced, himself included. And the topic has come up quite a bit over the last, I guess it's 11 years now, but and it still hasn't happened. We still have the same KISS lineup for the last 11 years, which is a, which is a landmark in, in KISS lineups. But um, with... Gene and Paul being in their mid to late 60s, it is something that, how many more kiss, how many more full-fledged KISS tours are left in them at this point? And maybe that's something that, that I was thinking 10 years ago, that how many more KISS tours are left in them, but we're still touring now. But I doubt in 10, year, 10 years from now, we'll still be saying that. I think that the end of Gene and Paul touring and KISS as an entity is is coming so how do you think how do you guys think that we're going to get to that point that we're going to arrive at a at a kiss 2.0 um there's a lot of different theories out there i know there we saw like a graphic from a rumored television show several years back um of naming the four new members of kiss you know is is that still a viable option at this point in time how do you guys think that we are going to arrive from the gene paul Eric and Tommy version of Kiss to a Kiss 2.0, or do you think there'll be any kind of um, gradual change, or you think it'll just be a here it is type of thing? So, Mark, this was your topic, so let's hear from you. How do you think that we're going to go from here to 2.0? Okay, you know what? I've been thinking about this a long time, okay? And I think that I. Well, I can't be sure that I know what's going to happen, but I have a 
theory. People might even call it some kind of a weird conspiracy theory, but I think this is what's going to happen. Now, I don't know if this is going to be like dropping the bomb on someone's head when I say this, but I don't think there's going to be any kind of, you know, slow transition. The only the only two people of the 2.0 that I think is going to take a little bit of time to find because they're going to milk it, I think, and it's not the two you think. I think it's going to be the, the, the Catman and the Spaceman that they're going to take a little bit of time replacing because I think they already know who Paul and Gene are going to be. And that they've been right in front of our eyes the whole time. I think it's going to be Gene's son is taking over for Gene and Evan's going to be taking over for Paul. I guarantee you they're in the background right now being room to do it. I mean, let's put it this way. Ever since for the last couple of years now, you've always gotten these little hints from Paul on his Twitter that, you know, I'm out with Evan at the music store buying his guitar. You know, he came up on stage and jammed with us a little bit here and there. And, you know, he, I've been playing with my son at home. We've been jamming guitar and songs and this and that. And the same thing with, with, uh, with Nick. I mean, we all know Nick can sing. He's done songs for Bruce and this and that. And you know, and believe me, who better to teach him how to play the songs on bass than Gene? I mean, his own father's right there, right in front of him. Could teach him the whole repertoire, top to bottom. Could teach him how to do the fire breathing. I mean, he wouldn't have to go to anybody special to do it. He has he has the person that he needs to groom him into it right in front of him. I mean, a man's 6'7", for crying out loud. He doesn't even need to wear the boots, you know what I mean, to do it. I'm... That's what I thought. People are going to think that I'm nuts probably for thinking that, but I'm telling you, that's who I think is going to be the ones who are going to be taking over. And think about it, who would the fans be more okay with for doing this than their own blood? You know what I mean? I don't think that they would have nearly as much issue with it if it was those guys in their in their shoes. You know what I mean? That's why we already know that the Ace and the Peter, you can get pretty much whoever as long as they're decent to take over because they're doing that now with Tommy and Eric, right? So I think that if they want to make a TV show bit out of it, they'll do it with finding those two. They'll already have, you know, established that Nick and Evan are in and, they'll you know, they'll be there, Paul and Gene with them, running the show, trying to find the replacements for the Ace and the Peter. And there you go. And that's what I think will happen. Interesting. It's interesting, and it's it's um, it's viable at the same time because you know, especially you think about, especially maybe Gene about the money coming in. Well, at least we're we're keeping it in the family. You know, I, not that not that if it was a different demon character that. You know, let, let's let's be honest. Gene's still going to be raking in the cash on not raking in the cash, but Gene's still going to have a hefty percentage, let's say, of any money. Gene and Paul are going to have a hefty percentage of any money being made out of a two that um, the band members themselves aren't going to reap one hundred percent of the profits or anything like that. Um, but it make but it makes sense what you're saying that um, that Evan and Nick could be could be possibilities. They've I've heard interviews with them asked that before, and they both. Gene and Paul have both denied that no, Evan, and, and that's that's not an option. But you know, uh-huh. we've also heard too, we'll never put back on the makeup. We've yeah, heard we've heard a lot of things from them. Yeah, so they they won't be ready for two point They'll be ready for two point one or maybe two point two revision. <laughs> no, I, 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 Nick, 
I thought was going to replace Joey in the Ramones. <laughs> and, 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 and Evan is far too musically talented to be in a band like Kiss. Totally. <laughs> totally far. I mean, he, he's replacing Bob Dylan. So, and, and I don't know if he can even song right yet. So, actually, I think we did hear some of his uh, stuff from, what was that band called? Jupiter or something. But, inter- inter- interesting perspective. Huh? They don't really need to songwrite. They still have Paul and Gene there. What do they need to worry about writing songs? Yeah, but it, if if all Kiss 2.0 is going to be is a tribute band, then what is the point? No, I'm saying that for now, they don't need to worry about it. They have a huge back catalog. You know, they're being groomed anyways now, but it's time they're playing all those songs. I'm sure they can get the hang of what the, what a Kiss song is based around, right? Three chords? Yeah. I know you got to really learn about 17 songs anyway. Well, Mark, yeah, you dropped a bomb on me. I, the, I mean, that that idea has crossed my mind, but I find it hard. I mean, yeah, I guess you could say that you know you kind of have your family business. I guess you could call it the family business, and you want your son to take over your business when you you know gone and retired and, and so on. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't really, I, I, that's, that's a hard one. Uh, to me, that's a low percentage. I mean, it, I'd be surprised if they did it. If they did it, that'd be interesting for sure. Um, but, uh, to me, it's a low percentage. I don't even know if they're going to do a TV show. Uh, they might, I think the person who came up with the TV show thing was, um, originally was Doc McGee, um, way back. Um, but, uh, and, you know, that's a possibility. I, or they're going to do something where they just drop a bomb on us in a different way, where they say, "Well, this is this is our ending tour. We have a we have a special something special is going to happen with Kiss on some specific day. It could be New Year's Day or New Year's Eve or some other day, and they're just going to then unveil it, you know, uh, for our new guys. All of a sudden, whoa, this is a new Kiss, you know. Um, that's that's another possibility." And maybe that's more of the thing that's going to happen if they decide to do it. Or for the conspiracy theorists, maybe they've already done it. Yeah? Yeah. You're going to show. That's not the real gene. You might just show up to a kiss show and it's four holograms. Ah, you know, you got got a point there. Tommy and Eric, or would they be evasive? Oh, that's a good question. (laughs) Well, of of course. Yeah, we, we get to now hear that Ace and Peter actually also sold the rights to their body images to the Kiss Corporation. <laughs> no, no. Ace is just leasing his out. He's going to get it back right. soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is interesting, though, as you brought up that whole hologram bit, because, I mean, wasn't there that whole rumor that they were going to do a Michael Jackson tour with a hologram there for a while, and maybe even a Freddie Mercury one there, too, Elvis. for a bit? Yep. There's there's another one being talked about right now, and I can't remember who it is. Uh, but of course, they have done. Who was the one that was broadcast? Uh, is that Tupac or Tupac? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's the the only one who's really been hologrammed right now? And that's what like five six years ago. So the technologies come along. I think it's Whitney Houston they were talking about doing recently. Um, you know, so techno- technologically, I guess it is not outside the realm of possibility. However, I think that takes the tacky and the kitsch way. Are you going to pay money to go watch a hologram, though? I mean, honestly. Well, think think of the bands that some people do pay to go see money. 
you're actually like well thinking of like the Britney Spears uh who you're actually paying to go and see writhe around on stage and she's not actually singing so is it that different for an audience that you're going for the audience and show experience so you're getting the explosions or the um the lights i mean i guess you could stay at home and just flick the light switch on and off and do color lights and it's a lot cheaper but that's what you're basically getting at a lot of these pop shows is a show and kiss has never been about the music it's about been about the entertainment so does that make it that far of a step i don't know i don't like the idea but yeah julian we haven't heard your take on how do you, how do you think we're going to arrive at 2.0 um, I think Paul Stanley is going to insist on being the last man standing as he's already minus one on the KISS performance chart because of the Little Heart incident in 2007. So Gene's got one more performance under his belt than him. So he he at least wants to get even with Gene. Um, I think Paul Stanley will be counting. that he's, no, he's got one show to make up for. And unlike Gene, he can carry a show without Gene. Well... I don't know, actually, can he carry a show without Gene at this point? Probably not. Uh, but I'm sure Eric Singer's up for singing a whole bunch of songs. Um, so, covered. So, after that happens, I, I think they're going to have to do it in a way that is a bombshell and just doesn't leave the peanut gallery enough time to talk, debate, have temper tantrums, or go postal. Um, yeah. It's, it's got to be one of those things that is just done, done hard, done right, um, or wrong, because... It's going to split the army worse than Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer, you know, ever did. Um, you can't shut down the FAQ when it happens. You have to leave it up. But, but you know FAQ what? FAQ 2.0. <laughs> I, am, you know I am not going to do an Alex Carranza. And uh, let me just explain that for those who aren't familiar with the name. Alex was the original, the real Kiss FAQ guy back in before August 1996, and he had taken the mailing list data, which preceded me even dialing up into a BBS and discovering it and put it into a website. He essentially resigned when Eric and Bruce quit the band in August 1996, and after which I started um, taking the FAQ and reformatting it and adding shit. And so I'm not going to do the same when KISS... uh, inevitably does 2.0 i'm not going to be a happy boy let me put it that way because i have absolutely zero interest in kiss 2.0 i couldn't give a fucking fart for the idea it's going to be a train wreck to me and i am not even interested in watching that train wreck i'm just going to go put on a 1977 video and uh stick my head in the sand in denial and maybe get take some blue kool-aid with me do you know what though the funny thing is that we, we, I know that this is all based on people's opinion. I mean, obviously, if you don't want to even give it a chance, that's your right to not want to, and that's great, right? But, I mean, for people out there, I think it's important to make note, though, that for other bands, though, this this situation has sort of worked, though. I mean, Journey found their replacement, Steve Perry, and things are working now. You can't deny that there's a role, and they don't need no Steve Perry, you know, same thing with Yes. They found not one but two singers from a from a Yes tribute band, and John Davison is doing stellar. I love Yes now. I'll buy anything that they do now with him. They even went ahead now and replaced a like a, a solid like founding member in Chris Squire with Billy Sherwood. And again, this is why I went back to my theory about you know putting in somebody that the fans will accept because. 
Chris Squire openly said in a letter to the fans that he wanted Billy Sherwood to replace him, and he wanted the band to continue. That was his dying wish, and he wanted them to go on, and the fans have openly armed, accepted Billy Sherwood in the band, and they're moving on. That's why I think that if Kiss were to do something like that where they said, listen, we want our offspring to take over and go on, I think that the fans would be more accepting of that than they ever would. Yeah, we lost you there for a second. Some person that they've never heard of, or even if there's some... Oh, sorry. I'm yeah. just saying, what did you lose me at? Uh, you were just jumping in and out there in, in the last couple of seconds. Oh, I'm just saying that I think that basically that's why I think they would accept, be more accepting of Evan and Nick just and be able to move on in that sense. Just like having somebody like that that they that the fans would probably have an easier time accepting, you know? I mean, that helped with Yes when Chris Squire made the plea to the fans to accept Billy Sherwood and move on with them with Yes like that, right? Yeah, but, I mean, let's let's look back through the history at how accepting a large segment of KISS fans have been over Tommy Thayer. I'm, Eric Singer seems to get a free pass um, because, obviously, he had a history with, in KISS before he did, and maybe people just are not able to take someone who played in Black and Blue prior to being in KISS on the same level as someone who played with Black Sabbath, Alice Cooper, and the bands that kind of inspired KISS. So Tommy gets what I consider to be bullshit treatment because he should be treated the same as Eric because he was within the KISS organization. Um, are KISS fans going to be more accepting of kids? You know, the kids of KISS? I don't think so. Um, and, and I, I, I don't think, and you know, a lot of those examples are good examples. There are bands that have successfully replaced original members and moved on. Marillion's one of my great examples, Steve Hogarth coming in for Fish, you know, obviously two completely different bands. Fish is obviously superior in every way, but, um, you know, oh. you know, they've, they've had a longer musical career with Steve. Yeah, they've got some good stuff, obviously. I'm just yanking change there. Or Van Halen, who thought about putting in, what was it, Patty Smythe, Smith, whatever the hell, however you say her name. You know, she was one of the top choices for, you know, David Lee Ross. But Kiss is such a different kind of band. And I'm going to say that the fandom of the band dictates so much of what they can and cannot do, as much as the diehards like to deny the fact, you know, oh yeah, sure, they could play a 25-song set all facets of the band, they're not going to accept the kids any more than, you know, getting a contest going to, you know, replace Jane Simmons. And I just do want to plug one thing. Um, you know, when it becomes a tribute act, I would rather go and see a tribute act with struggling guys. And tomorrow in San Francisco, Noriega Street Festival, it's, uh, let me just look at the details here, between 45th and 47th Avenue on Noriega, Destroyer local Bay Area cover band is playing um, and their schedule shows that they're going on at about 355 on the ocean stage. I'm going to be there. They're going to be there. They're going to, I saw them briefly last year. They put on a kick-ass set. Um, so if you're in the area, get out here tomorrow. It's Blue Angels weekend, of course. So thank you, yeah. Lonnie. <laughs> um, back to you, Lonnie. <laughs> <laughs> back to you in the studio, Lonnie. Um, you know, I, I'm with you, and I understand what Mark's saying that, you know, a lot of bands have, have replaced key members and, and thrived. Um, but, a lot of, but a lot of bands have replaced key members and did not thrive, and it was a disaster. Motley Crue, 1994, with John Karabi. I love that album, but like Paula said, 
people listen with their eyes, and that was not Vince Neil. And to a lot of people, Vince Neil was Motley Crue, and I'm not going to support a Motley Crue without Vince Neil, no matter how great of a live singer he is or not. Um, they just weren't used to hearing all of the songs being sung live, like not every other line, like Vince does. <laughs> just throwing the mic out on every other line like that. But, but I mean, but and, and Van Halen with with Gary Sharon, yeah. disaster again. You know, it, it doesn't always. It, and, and some of the different Black Sabbath lineups. I mean, Black Sabbath, granted, yeah, they had deals, was perfect. But they had some, Black Sabbath had some lean years in there for them as well. Radio. So it, it doesn't, it, it's not always a recipe for success. ACDC, yeah, Brian Johnson, great. But, you know, Guns N' Roses without Slash and Duff, not so great. So... Um, and, and, you know, there's a lot of people, and, and myself included, I'm not going to go see a Guns N' Roses without Slash and Duff. I'm just not going to do it. I won't do it I'm just because their guitarist wears Slash's freaking hat. And, <laughs> Imposter, poser, copier. And, 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 maybe, and, and maybe that makes me a hypocrite that I'll go see Kiss with Eric and Tommy, but I won't see Guns N' Roses without Slash and Duff. Maybe it does make me a hypocrite. But I'm just not going to do it. Um, so, do I... I'm kind of with with you guys on, on the fact that I think that the opportunity to do a TV show to replace the four members I think has passed. I think that maybe around 2009 when Kiss was having a little bit of a surge um, in popularity after the release of Sonic Boom, um, I think maybe the opportunity might have been there at the time. Um, with Family Jewels still going on at the same, like Family Jewels or not, Family Jewels was still going on at the same time. Kiss was more in the public eye um, than they are now, and I think that that they've kind of hit a down, a down, downward downhill a little bit in America. And would people really care or tune in to watch a TV show that replace four original members of Kiss? It, I think that a lot of America would see that as as Kiss just trying to trying to melt the public for a few more million dollars before Gene and Paul officially hang it up. Um, I think that the bombshell technique, you know, with a countdown on Kiss Online or, or you know, some press releases that, you know, something really, really big is coming from the band, a huge announcement. One of their biggest announcements of their career is coming, you know, and bam, there it is. Here's the new band. Here is their new album being released in two weeks. You know, all songs written by Gene yep. Simmons and Paul Stanley, but this is the new touring lineup for Kiss. Um, I think that you know, kind of bombshell would is is the way that that they're going to go about it, and that leads into the new question: is uh, the next question is that will there be mu- will there be new music involved in a Kiss two And do you guys think Gene and Paul will do? 100% of the writing? Will they let the new guys do some writing? Will we still have to have a space-themed song and a ballad on there? Oh, Jesus have, Christ. Will we have to follow no. The, no. the formula of a Kiss album? What do you guys think about that? I, Who wants to go first? Go ahead. Mark, go ahead. Okay, go. Okay, I think I'll go. Um, I think it's possible, yes, that... Uh, with four brand new members, uh, Gene and Paul might write music for uh, 
a new band or the new Kiss 2.0. It's possible. Um, maybe even with their collaboration of the new guys, um, just to get it kicked off. And, you know, doing the album. I can't, I, you know, well, to me, I, I'm always wanting new Kiss music. So <laughs> that's the most important thing to me is, is more new, new music because you're going to get gems out of it. So, uh, uh, you know, I think that's the way to go. Um, I think they may do it that way, but, you know, because otherwise they just keep, in, keep playing the same old stag, stagnant, you know, set list on and on going forward with a, a 2.0. It's, it's going to, you know, it's going to be hard to, you got to get something excited about the music too, the your music, not hearing these new things uh, or, you know, wanting to hear new things that is. Um, so I think they will write and maybe then turn it over to the new guys if they have the ability to hopefully uh, write a good anthem or you know, or not. I, I know. And again, this this 2.0 thing, even if it happens that way, it may last a year or two, and maybe it'll just fall fall to the wayside because it may not work at all. So. Well, I I agree with Ken. I mean, I think that uh, it's going to be very much dependent on who the people are going to be. I mean, I think that there has to be new music. I mean, for this to be a viable product going forward, there has to be new material involved in this. Now, if we go my conspiracy way with who I think is going to be in there, I think there will be new songs. I think Gene and Paul will be involved in it initially, but I think that once the new people are kind of solidly, solidly in place, I think that they will release the reins a bit and maybe start co-writing with these new people and then eventually let them just do it themselves. I mean, if they want a true 2.0, they'll have to let go of the writing reins a bit. Maybe the other things they can still have, you know, control over, but the writing, you should let them probably, I think, take a bit of a control over that eventually. Oh, and before I go over to Julian, I just want to make a quick point here. I want to congratulate Lonnie on your marathon there with the yeah. cutting down of your time that you did there. Oh, Congrats. thank you. I uh, I wanted the feeling to live to win on my headphones, but I finished ahead of that, so it was good. So. <laughs> good stuff. Over you, Julian. All right. So, okay, we're gonna do the Walter Cronkite thing today. Um, <laughs> You know, two. I just want to go back to something that Lonnie was saying about how making a kind of a clean cut. You know, I mean, wouldn't it be great one day just to go to Kiss Online, and there's nothing but a timer counting down, like 130 days or whatever. You know, and and for that period, there's like a blackout, and then all of a sudden, it's launched, Kiss 2.0. You know, it, it's kind of the punch to the gut. You know, and 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 it does. It just leaves a lot of time for hype to build. Um, because this band kind of has used up all its hype. I, it really feels that way th these days, that nothing they do really gets any attention anymore because it's, oh, it's just kiss, you know, shrug the shoulders, roll the eyes. Um, so whatever they're going to have to do is going to have to kind of top anything they've done previously as much as I want it to be a TV show. I want to see Gene and Paul 
setting tasks for these people, you know, or Eric and Tommy to a lesser extent, you know, setting tasks, whether it's singing, whether it's performance, whether it's songwriting, you know, whatever, whether it's, you know, visual, you know, all elements of what go into being a band and a show of testing these people um, so that you can cut the weakest one and say, you know, give them a, you know, a positive kind of review at the end and then kick them out, you know, like some of those cooking shows do. Um, for any other KISS fans who happen to watch cooking shows like I do. Um, sorry. Uh, so I, I really miss that concept. But KISS, Kiss 2.0, it's, I don't know. I, I, I just have so many problems with the whole concept that, you know, make the screen go blank, put in a timer, it's launched. I don't see Paul and Gene seeing it anything more than a franchise. You know, they've already taken a band and turned it into a brand. Now they're trying to turn it into a franchise where they are the owners. So I don't see them allowing whoever is hired to fill their position. I just see them as that, an employee of a even lower standard than Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer are in their current roles because you save money because you're cutting back on the expenses of putting a show on the road with 2.0. There's no way they're going to invest the same amount in 2.0 with the amount of risk they're taking. It's like 1996 again with the reunion of not knowing whether it's going to implode the first month. So I don't see that. They're, they're very risk adverse as well. You know, they'll happily gamble other people's money. But if this is themselves, I don't see them taking many risks at all. So you have employees, they are not going to want to give up publishing monies or residuals or any of the business and financial side of the music business by allowing these guys to write their own songs. It's going to be, you're going to sing this. Um, and I don't, I, they're control freaks. I, I don't really see Paul Stanley being able to say to a Paul Stanley clone, well, go ahead and sing it your way. No. Does that sound what about like... His son? His son? I, I don't I just don't see that as being how it happens. You know, I, I think that's a great concept to consider. And, you know, if we're going to have kids involved, the only kids of famous rock stars I want to see form a band and go on tour are the freaking Beatles kids. You know, I, I wouldn't want to see Nick and Evan touring as Kiss. You know, Evan, like I, I said earlier, I think is far too musically talented to be tied to this style of music. Um, from what I've seen of his music, you know, on, on YouTube, God help me, um, you know, or on the website that was briefly up for a band he had years ago, I think he should be doing his own thing. And Nick, you know, I, I don't see how, he doesn't seem to do as much. He doesn't seem to be as interested. Um, he's as diverse as his father is, whether it's comics and all this and that. And, you know, they don't seem committed on the level that their parents were at their ages to making anything really happen in the music business. But Evan's got the raw talent to supersede any of that. So I've kind of drifted away from 2.0 into talking about the kids, but Lonnie, over to you. You know, I, uh, you know, you talked about Gene and Paul being control freaks and I had, I had jokingly said that, well, if you're in Kiss 2.0, you only have to learn about 17 songs. But you know what? At a, to a certain extent, though, do you really think that Gene and Paul would tell them, oh, yeah, and play any songs out of our catalog that you want to play? I think that they're going to, you know, I think they're, they're going to say, well, for a Kiss show, you play Detroit Rock City, you play Lick It Up, you play Love Gun, you play I Love It Loud. 
these are songs that have to be in the set list. Um, these are the choices that the demon can breathe fire after the song. Pick one. You know, these are the these are the drug the blood drooling options. I love it loud or God of Thunder or Unholy, even though we haven't even done that in eleven years. But you know, I don't I don't think that that free reign will be given. Like Julian said, they are they are control freaks. And I think one of my questions that I had down here was how much do you think Gene and Paul will be involved? And I think they would be heavily involved because it's a brand that they created 40 years ago. And I think that they have an image in their mind of where, what direction they want 2.0 to go and what they want from it, that I think they would be heavily involved, not only in, in writing material for it, um, but song selection, costumes that they feel um, are appropriate down to every little minute detail um, for the production of it. Um, and Julia mentioned, too, that they're not big risk takers. Um, the last really big, I mean, they took a big risk with, with 1996, but the touring that they do now, and people can say, well, I was at the show in, in Milwaukee and it wasn't full, but they get guarantees on these shows that they do now. And it's, it's not a risk. Kiss still gets paid the same for the show in Milwaukee, whether it's sold out or whether it's not. They have a guarantee for amount of money that they're going to make on those shows. So a 2.0 would be a, a, a big risk for Gina Paul to take. Um, and that leads me into what kind, of, what kind of touring do you think a 2.0 would do? Would they do... Um, what, what do you think they could do? Could it do the outdoor sheds? Would it be restricted to uh, theaters? You know, medium-sized to small theaters. Or would it be clubs? Or is it is it is a 2.0 something that would be like a Vegas attraction? That you could come see the official licensed KISS 2.0 in Las Vegas at a, at a theater there. Using the original 1975 Peter Chris drum riser. But, but that's well, not gonna and Gene Simmons' official <laughs> block of foam for putting the sword in. Well, I, I think it. I think it mainly has to do with the. the what What is the level of? thinking about touring and stuff like that. I mean, like a, when they don't know how it's going to be reacted to, right? But I mean, I think the possibilities are endless, if you ask me, though. I think one of the key things that has to be established as well is once they just figure out what they're going to do with this, they need to get people like Eddie Trunk and these other kind of heavy-duty broadcast media people on board. And <laughs> Eddie <help> Trunk? <laughs> no, seriously, like, maybe not okay. him. Yeah, I'm, oh, yeah, I'm sure he's going to help the band out. <laughs> I'm just saying that maybe like someone like, a, like a Chris Jericho or somebody like that, because, because, you know, people are sheep. Let's admit it, okay? If somebody comes out there and tells you that this is the greatest thing since sliced bread, half the people are going to believe it, okay? That's just how it is. I mean, we we know that for a long time with radio. Radio was pushing music down our throats, and people were buying it whether they believed it or not. You know, they would just go out. And that's how it was for a long time. So if you have somebody like that, that is that's influential on the masses, 
who, who's behind it, so that I'm really behind 2.0, it could help bo bolster the fact with the people. And if a lot of people like it, then why couldn't they play arenas? Why couldn't they play, you know, bigger tours? But I mean, I think realistically, doing a Las Vegas sort of residency thing would be not out of the question. I think that they could use it to their advantage too, because they can make a specific show around it that they can work on and just present it properly that way. I mean, I think that that's a real good way of doing it. I think Ken mentioned it once before in a prior podcast about that. So sorry, I don't want to take that from you. I'm sure you can sorry. still talk about it. But, um, but I think that's one of the definite possibilities. But I think it all is stemmed around how much the people are going to accept it. That's what I think will determine the touring. Ken? Yeah, um, you're right. I did think about or mention that Vegas thing. Um, and actually, when Lonnie was talking about it, he was going through his different scenarios about the clubs or, you know, arenas or whatever. I was thinking Las Vegas is number one. And uh, I think that's probably the number one choice because I don't see how they're going to get uh, guarantees from arenas or amphitheaters for a for new guys to come out and who's going to open for these guys too. So, um, so I was thinking Vegas. Yes. And they can then do different things with stages. They can call it, you know, it's a, a thing. They just keep going in Vegas, just like the Elvis stuff and other stuff, but, uh, where they can do a, you know, they call it the kiss experience, right? Something like that. And then they, yeah, you can have all the different stage shows. Um, and, you know, I can't see them changing costumes, you know, at night, like, you know, when you have a Beatles tribute band, they, they go through their, the old Beatles suits yeah, yeah. and uh, forward all with Sergeant Peppers and so on, then the jeans and so on, you know, so I can't see the Kiss experience or whatever they call it to doing that. Um, they're going to have to have themed nights maybe, um, where one night is going to be, you know, first kiss i call you call it first kiss night this is the real early stuff then you have another night a live kiss another one you could call vegas kiss because that's like dynasty and maybe uh -oh. thrown in with uh, unmasked that sort of thing that creatures kiss you can even do an unmasked kiss why not right i think you could do all that um so the new unofficial and unsanctioned kiss book gene ace peter and paul celebrates the legendary 1978 Kiss solo albums. Released simultaneously, Kiss became the first major rock band to attempt such a major endeavor. The book features interviews with more than 30 musicians, engineers, producers, arrangers, those most intimately involved in the creation of the solo albums. The book is available in paperback and Kindle formats at Amazon.com and in iBook format at iTunes. Please visit Kiss78SoloAlbums.com for further information. Okay, so... Hopefully. The last thing I think I heard was like you wanted to do like first kiss night, right? Know? Right. So when that happened, the, the first kiss, not you know, you have a, a night each night, maybe a different stage and different uh, uh, costumes. So there'd be like a first kiss night where they wearing the early costumes could be something from the three first albums, and then you have an alive kiss, um, and you have a uh, destroyer kind of, you know. And then through Dynasty, a Las Vegas type kiss, and Creatures Kiss, Elder Kiss, maybe I don't know. They could do it. Uh, like kiss I said, with a with a Vinny. 
yeah, why not? I think you could. Yeah, exactly. You, that way, you can just you can change the makeup on the guy. Why not? And give him another not, excuse to matter. sue Gene Simmons. Sounds like an awesome idea. He he's just a paid, guitar and he's set to go. He's just a paid employee. You say you're going to wear this makeup tonight for this show on this night. If he signs Eric the contract, Carr, you're going to have an Eric Carr, right? You'll have someone wearing the Eric Carr. Um, rest in peace, Eric. But uh, yeah. You could use that. Um, so it's, it's very possible that they could do this Vegas thing, in my mind. I'd probably go see it at least once. And I don't, I don't you know, I'm going to agree with Ken in, in, in some aspects of that. You know, I don't see them not being able to do some of the larger venues. Um, state fairs would be a great example of where a tribute band could fit in. I'm pretty sure, and, and I'm not going to place any bets or anything, that Kiss's guarantee is in decline and has been on a steady downward scale, just like Aces has been for live performances over the last few years. Maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. You know what, I don't really give a shit. Um, I think they've always been more interested in the, the bucket of money they can make from merchandise. And that's going to be, continue to be of importance to them. Merchandise, merchandise, merchandise. Um, what sort of venues can they play? Well, I'm, I'm looking at Andrew's website, Mr. Speed Online, right now, because they've been out and about and doing a lot of stuff lately. They're going to St. Charles, Illinois on the 31st, Arcata Theater. So I don't know what size venue that is, but... It's, it's a nice theater, actually. You know, 1,500 to 2,000, you know, sort of the venues that Ace plays, I... Easily, if we look back to the early '90s, obviously it's a different era because Kiss has reunited and been in makeup, and you know, kind of oversaturated the market with their visibility over the last 20 years. But Cold Gin, I mean, Cold Gin went to fucking Japan, didn't they? You know, yeah. so you know they played Gene's was it Gene or Paul's birthday party? So uh, obviously the paradigm has shifted in this era that the the band that becomes the tribute, the official tribute band 2.0 is going to have a lot less going for it in terms of the public's interest in seeing a makeup version of Kiss, whether it's a tribute. But look at the business the tribute bands like Mr. Speed do and some of the audiences they play to in the summer. And st again, state fairs, theaters are totally with, within what I think are the realms of possibility in conjunction with what Ken says of them doing themed tours or going back to kind of the 70 model of tour of going out for six to eight weeks. Uh, we're, we're going out on the alive jaunt here, you know, just like people are paying to do on the kiss cruise, you know, going to see half of a tribute band do, you know, kiss alive. And I'm, I'm throwing that out there to annoy people um, rather than anything. I actually just do believe. No, I, I don't believe that shit for a minute. I don't care. Um, so, you know, we're going out for six weeks, uh, but we're doing the rock and roll over tour again, you know, and here are some elements from the original, you know, maybe, you know, statues or staging or something, you know, a facsimile and just go out for short jaunts throughout areas. And I, I think whatever they do, when they do do it, it's going to be on a very low level to test the waters as such and see if there's any hope of it working. Um, so those those first tours... While there may be people like me who have zero interest in even checking it out, and I say that now, when and if it does happen, I may completely flip flop and say, "Oh, well, I got to go see it once." You know, um, you know, if if I've been to see other tribute bands, what? Why wouldn't I go and see the official Kiss tribute band? So with two point oh. 
Yeah, I mean, I I, I agree with you, Julian. You know, um, but do they do the you know nostalgia act way? Do they do they go to nostalgia act way and do all the old costumes and shows, or do they drop the bomb and have one day all of a sudden here's Kiss 2.0? You got new new uh, costumes. You got a, that same day a free album is released for download. Um, on iTunes free. or yes. something. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I know it's hard to kiss. I said that before with the free concert, right? Right. At Central Park, but um, so uh, you know, that's the other option. I mean, and do they do new makeup? I don't know. Probably not. No new make. No you want new to keep the makeup. Makeup. It, it, now, it, if you got Eric and Tommy wearing that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, they they may just you know go with new costumes and try a new stage show of some sort. I don't see any of that happening immediately. That might be an evolution to, number one, getting out there and seeing if it's accepted. Then I wouldn't be surprised if you start getting maybe, you know, I go back to the songwriting where I say Gene and Paul are always going to want the publishing, and if that's the case, then I wouldn't be surprised if they started, you know, making the band do some maybe outtakes from the air. Like, can you imagine you're just in a show and it's like Destroyer Era and they throw in Ain't the Smoke or, you know... Uh, rotten to the core stuff that people reckon maybe the diehards who are probably going to see this shit in the first place like holy yeah. fuck they just did rotten to the core you know and and everyone gets really excited about that or they finish off unfinished songs like queen for a day so that's what i see more likely is happening the you know where gene and paul if they're not writing material for them to perform they're going to be digging into the catalog and using stuff that's probably already owned by Universal under the various contracts as they've, they've come through so that the band has material that's honest to the air that they're imitating um, without Gene and Paul actually having to do much effort. Yeah, so who is that? So the thing is, who is the audience? And that's probably going to be the diehards. The diehards or the clueless? Well, I mean, but there are kids. Same thing. Yeah, Yeah, you know, take your kids to see it if you got them. You know, if if you can't afford those, would it become two or three hundred dollar tickets? You know, here's 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 what mom and dad used to go and see. You know, it's interesting what will happen to to other trivia bands that you mentioned, Mr. Speed or or Destroyer. You know, what's going to happen to to a trivia band after there is a official? Kiss 2.0 tribute band. Now, ex- that was my next point. I am surprised with as much control freaks as Gene and Paul are, and as protective as they are of what they've established, that they let tribute bands go out there and play with a lighted Kiss logo behind them, wearing their trademarked makeup. Um, selling, I mean, you know, I've Selling T-shirts with with a Kiss logo it says you know a tribute, you know, Love Gun, a tribute to Kiss with the Kiss, you know with the Kiss logo on there, you know that that's a registered trademark. I'm surprised things like that have gone on as long as they have. I mean, you're talking going back to the the mid '90s with with these tribute bands doing things like that. You know what happens to a Mr. Speed or Destroyer after the official Kiss 2.0 comes out? You know, do do they say, you know what? Okay, that's enough. All these Kiss tribute bands, cease and assist. You guys have made enough money off of our faces and our logo over the years. You're done. And anybody who tries, anybody who tries to do it, we're going to take you to court. 
And because yeah. this is the official kids tribute. Band. Right, right now it's yes, free Mark. advertising. Yes, questions, Mark. Oh, please. Unless, unless, <laughs> of course, what if 2.0 Kiss is that? Like, why well, don't somebody mentioned this before? Like, why? What if Dean and Paul Turner decide to implement and take some like four or five of the best tribute bands, and they make them like this tribute band is the West Coast one. This is the East Coast one. We have one for Europe. One of the best ones for Australia. This is Kiss 2.0 now. They're gonna and assign different time periods to the to the ones to each one of them and have them maybe represent Kiss that way. You know what I mean? Maybe. You had your idea with Evan and and and, uh, and Nick. So stop stealing my thunder. <laughs> yeah, but that that that's the that's the that's the fucking Burger King model. <laughs> is that? You know, you have multiple tribute bands, one in Australia, one in Japan, one in Europe, one on the East Coast, one on the West Coast, one in the Midwest, one in the Deep South, whatever. And to combine it with Ken's idea that, well, the Japan one for the next nine months is the Alive version of the band. And the Australia one for the next nine months is the Love Gun version. And... The one on the west coast of the United States is Destroyer. And every nine months to a year or whatever, we're going to switch to keep public interest and in seeing different variations of the band, even though you're seeing the same tribute band. Well, if I go see, and I, we went and saw them, you know, a few months ago, and, you know, they played a Destroyer type set list with the Destroyer costumes, with Destroyer stage. But now. They're playing a creature set, and they're going to have like a, like a not V tank, but like a small type tank behind them. You know, the guitarist is going to have the Vinny makeup on. Um, Paul's going to have his cute little top on, and <laughs> and um, you know, it it would be it be that version and that um, time capsule of the band captured. We could go, you know, not a lot of not a lot of us got to see, you know, that the creatures tour no ken did but um we could relive that capsule or time capsule or go see that time capsule for the first time um i think that could be a viable option but i don't know but you know then 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 if you do that then you have quite a few employees working for you and it's become a much bigger animal than than it even is now if all these separate and it's a lot of moving parts going on it might be a little too much yeah there's money involved but you're, you guys spend money and uh i don't like to do that either so but that's that's another theory that's floated around out there for years depends on um, the uh the revenue generated and your uh profit and loss statements Right, sort of, and and at the end of the day, that's what it's all going to come. Down so, to. so what do the existing tribute bands do? Uh, they probably become, just for me, tribute to asylum bands. <laughs> no, you know, I'm I'm sure they would adjust. A lot of those guys are really good musicians, anyway. Who, I mean, I'm I'm only going to really speak of the one who I know, um, and that's Andrew, who does a whole shitload of different music, not just one. He doesn't have one bag. You know, he doesn't just live to put on Peter's makeup and go out there. You know, he plays music. He plays a lot of music. You know, he's he's a working musician. So, 
what's going to happen to them if cease and desists happen? Well, I think a lot of them will, you know, it, it's only a hobby anyway. Um, others, it is serious, but they've got real music that they do do or other cover bands. You know, bar bands and club bands who play covers, you know, will survive. Um, they'll probably be hurt and offended, but hopefully they will have enjoyed their time that they've done it because a lot of them have done a really fucking good job uh, with a lot of passion. And I, I think the band respects that. So hopefully the band will, whatever their decision is, if they're going to C&D these guys, they will be respectful of what these, these bands have done for KISS and why they've done it, you know, celebrating in a way that the band aren't able to. So they'll live, you know. Speaking of Andrew, before I forget, so I wanted to wish Andrew and Mr. Speed good luck as they are playing the 40th anniversary of Homecoming in Cadillac, Michigan this weekend. Andrew is a friend of the show, a friend of mine. Um, he's been on the show a couple times, and he's a great guy. And the rest of the guys, Joe, Rich, and they are also just phenomenal people. If you guys ever get a chance to see Mr. Speed, they are incredible, and um, just great down-to-earth guys, too, to hang out with after the show, too. So good luck to them this weekend. I'm sure they're going to have the time of their lives playing that show for the 40th anniversary of Kiss and Cadillac. Yeah, so that's a, that's a good point, isn't it? Because, you know, Kiss can't show... Well, they're in Australia, but, you know, Kiss isn't there for their own 40th anniversary at Cadillac. So which is the se- is the seminal kind of thing that happened in their history. They're, you know, that's the cornerstone to Kiss is that story and Bill Starkey and the formation of the Kiss Army. Cadillac, so tribute bands there. I mean, that's just so fucking kiss. I love it. Awesome. So Andrew and guys, I echo that. Have a great show tomorrow. You know, that's going to be cool. I I had wanted to be there so badly, but I've just got too much on my schedule this weekend. The same boat as you. So I messaged Andrew earlier in the week, told him good luck. So told him I wish I could be there. So good luck to them. Um, but but Julian brings up a good point that that for the for this landmark anniversary of theirs who's playing is it is a tribute band and i'm not here to wave the mr speak flag this week or anything like that but they're the tribute band a few years ago they had that contest in las vegas they were the band that was named the world's greatest kiss tribute band and they were also the tribute band that was on access um the tribute band show they have on access tv they had them in la play a show maybe maybe was that a year or so ago so, you know, I, you know, maybe maybe some kind of wheels are slowly turning. I'm not saying that Mr. Speed is Kiss 2.0, but I, you can see that you know Kiss can't be there, so they they substitute with the best tribute band that they know available. Yeah, and that's no different than Sparrow having filled in for Gene for stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. it's not like it's the first time a tribute band or character comes into the picture. So maybe they've already laid the groundwork in some ways throughout the history of using, you know, facsimiles. Going has, right back everyone, to... has everyone here between the four of us seen the tribute band live? Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have. I mean, I, I saw Cold Gin. Yeah, I went to Vegas last back year. Back in the day. Um, yeah, so... Um, <laughs> okay. Oh, you. <laughs> I got it. Um, <laughs> Sorry. But, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. They're playing Kiss music, and they're doing a pretty good job, and they're wearing the makeup and costumes, and 
I got into it. It, it was cool, you know. So uh, I think this whole thing, you know, will work, you know, in some fashion. I have not seen the tribute band. I honestly, I have not seen the tribute band. Tomorrow then. I, well, I tomorrow, uh, yeah, and and they played last year, uh, but I, I went into the liquor store to buy some booze, and uh, someone ran in. The guitarist needs a band aid. You know, they were out, uh, up on stage while I was in there just getting my my beer for the night, and I I didn't hang around because I'd just come from, uh, um, you know, a soccer field, and I wanted some beer. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna actually go to that one tomorrow and stick for the whole whole time. I hope so. Mark, sorry, I interrupted you again. That's okay. I was just gonna say I saw I actually saw Destroyer. And I've actually seen. Alive, that was the, the tribute band that Spiro actually was in, played and did his Gene thing. And they came to Canada here and played a few times, and it was it was really, really good. Like, hands down, he's probably one of the closest Genes you'll ever see. Like, it, it was unbelievable how, like, if you didn't know better, you would, you would have thought it was him. Like, he was that authentic to it. The grimaces on his face, everything was—it was like spot on. I was like, "Wow!" Like I couldn't believe. It. I mean, their their Peter Chris was—you could tell—was not not as good, but he was—they were really good. The front three were really really good. And I thought Spiro did a great job. I mean, he, he's always been kind of, you know, quietly mentioned here and there as a possibility, but I don't know if he ever would do it now. But he—he's but he's he's really good. I think he's one of the better genes. Yeah, didn't they do an ad with uh, him and Gene facing one another in spirit? Yeah. What was that? Like strings or the... Yeah, chess boomer strings. Yeah, I thought it was. Back in like the convention days, back in 95, before they put back on the makeup. Yeah, that, that's one of the badassest uh, tribute type a, things. Yeah, that's a, those are really cool images with with Gene and Spiro like facing each other, and that—that's and really and cool that I, I think that kind of and I'm, I'm going to preempt you, Lonnie. That, that kind of leads into, you know, does a tribute band have to be honest towards the physical or the? I'll try and say that properly. The physical appearance of the band members, in in terms of you know, Spiro looked pretty damn like Gene, at least how he did his makeup. Whereas mm -hmm. if you remember in the early days of Tommy wearing Aces, that there were criticisms that the makeup design totally clashed with his facial structure because Ace does not have a square chin. Um, you know, so it, it, it's completely different. And a lot of the Peter Chris's, you know, I think Andrew looks good as Peter. Um, yeah. You know, he plays with his hair too much, but, you know, no, one, <laughs> no one's perfect. No, but, but he, he looks good with, you know, Peter's makeup, but some of these bands, you can tell, you know, clown. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. Um, some of it doesn't work. I mean, does Paul? But does the Paul Stanley analog have to shave his abs? You know, how far do, does the appearance have to be to make it legitimate, or to make it honest, or to make it acceptable? Mm -hmm. You know, um, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen good tribute bands, and I've seen, I've seen bad tribute bands. And you've seen, I've seen them that where you had a, like, you know, Andrew, Andrew is a great example and about how he looks good in the Peter Chris makeup. And I've seen other drummers not look good in that makeup that their bone structure on their face just does not do justice to having the makeup on that it, it just, it just doesn't work for me. You know, I've, and I've seen Ace Frehley's that are just exceptional looking also that, that, it, you know, he did. It, the hair was perfect, you know, the, the makeup was perfect on the face that, you know, I think that, that you want it to, that if, if it is the official Kiss tribute, you know, you want it to look as close to 
perfection or as close to accurate as as it possibly can. That you know, I don't I don't think it would work if you had a guy up there with with Jean's makeup on who who was well, I can't I can't say overweight because Jean Jean has put on a few pounds over the years, but you um you can't have a guy up there who just doesn't doesn't look it just that the makeup just doesn't work on his face or whatever. You know what I mean? I, I don't think that would work. I think it would look goofy and it would look like, you know, kiss even, I think the public would really look at it as like, you know, look, look at this. This is, this is, looks like a joke more than anything else. So I think that's an excellent point, Julian, that, that it has to look a certain way or it's not going to work at all. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, there's, I've seen a few examples of that too, where I don't know if you guys saw that there was a YouTube clip a little while ago where there was, they were showing a Chris tribute band and their, their Paul Stanley was going all nuts on stage and his weight completely flew off his head on stage. Like, I mean, stuff like that is like, come on, man. If you're going to be doing this, you know, put some professionalism into it. Like, you know, as if you didn't know that thing wasn't going to fly off your head. It was, it was already shaking when he was up there on stage. Like, come on, man. Like, that, stuff like that that really bothers me when you see people doing that. And, I mean, you made a good point, too, about how sometimes it just doesn't look right. I mean, one of the tribute bands that I like, and I hope I don't get any heat for saying this because I really thought that they were actually pretty good when I saw them was Alive 75 that's out now. I know uh, the Kiss Room really hyped those guys up a lot. But uh, I think they were pretty good, but their Paul kind of looks a little strange to me. So I don't know if it has to do with, I think, his the wig he uses. If he, if he even does use a wig, I'm not 100% certain on that, but it just doesn't look like the wrong right type of hair. I think for the Paul Stanley character and the Ace guy looks a little, I don't know, there's something about the Ace guy that looks a little odd too. But I mean, they were really good. Like they to reproduce that whole alive stage show. I thought they did a really good job, and I thought it was a they did a, they did a great job. But I mean, if we're just talking about little details like that, I think you know, I think it's important to bring up stuff something like that too. I mean, but those things can be fixed. Though that's the good thing, though, right? I mean. I'm, getting the right wig for instance is just a matter of just going out to find it and there you yeah, go. just shop where gene gets his you know and if it's the <laughs> if the official if it's the official kiss jimmy band surely gene can get them a discount yeah, you, you know the, get the official gene simmons wig if you have to yeah <laughs> chevros Chev- <laughs> 2.0 yeah but i mean it's just those kind of things can be fixed it's just what i guess when you get into more like facial structure you can't really do anything about that unless you know you do a plastic surgery done and I yeah and no one it. no one should do that but look at look at the 2001 farewell tour book insert that had eric you know he looked like crap in peter's makeup at that point and his face is adjusted obviously he's aged a bit i'm pretty sure he hasn't had any plastic surgery either um and tommy certainly hasn't or doesn't appear to have but the makeup on both of those guys' faces started off looking like shit to me, uh, mm-hmm. but has improved over the air. So maybe we've become more accustomed to it uh, being slightly maybe. different, or maybe they've adjusted it so that it fits these guys' faces. I think Eric has adjusted the way he's he's done the makeup. Um, if you look at like what he was doing like in two thousand, even two thousand one, or even two thousand four on the Rock the Nation, compared to to what he does now, you know, there's some variations. I think that he that he's made them to make it look better on his face. You know, it's not, and granted, you know, it's a, it's an easy one to adjust because Peter had so many different variations of the makeup that he used that, you know, Eric slightly altering certain things isn't going to be like blasphemy to certain fans because 
of how you know Peter changes throughout the year. So I think Eric has, has looked at the way he looked originally and has kind of adjusted it and made it made it work best for him over the years. So. And, don't, and don't forget too that in the, according to Peter's book, there was that time when he got when he got his face smashed in by that guy, remember? And he had to get that surgery done. And he said that people were even saying that he looked different after that happened too. That was after the dynasty period there where he got he got punched out by that guy when he was trying to scoop his car from him. And he had to get that surgery done where he had all those little steel things put into his face and into his cheeks there. And he said, I think his orbital bone got smashed or something happened. And ever since then, apparently people said that his pictures look different from beforehand and now how he looked so, yeah I mean, yeah that, that i mean look at him in 96 on stage the first time you see him back in makeup i mean he looked completely different you know facially obviously he had aged as well so the face had changed um slightly in that time so i don't think the makeup looked good in 96 on him so you know maybe it's just one of those things that's not insurmountable but is this is the sound of these guys insurmountable you know like paul stanley's voice can you know someone, that's the hardest one that would be the that's going to be the hardest one to duplicate in a 2.0 is i've seen very few really good paul stanley's i've seen a lot of different history bands but i've seen a very few really good paul stanley's guys that can not only pull it off vocally but visually as well um and 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 that is and that's a big thing because it is such a focal point when you go see the band is is you know, he's the front man, and he sings the majority of the songs. You know, you want the voice to be a certain way. You want Paul Stanley to look a certain way. And I think that it's going to be, you know, if, if, we, if, we, if it does come to a 2.0, because this whole episode is really hypothetical to begin with, but, you know, if it does come to that, will, you know, I think the, the Paul Stanley replacement is, is going to be very hard to pinpoint and, and find the right one. So. You know, the funny thing is that uh, I actually, years ago, I remember when I bought the Extreme album, uh, Porno Graffiti, the opening line for Decadent Dance, I always thought that he that he sounded like Paul Stanley when he sang that opening line in that song. I always thought that it's kind of ironic that Gary Sharon has a little bit of Paul Stanley in him, but he could never obviously do an A because he's already had bad luck replacing a singer in one band, but... He doesn't play guitar anyway, so he would never be able to do it anyway. It's just a little ironic side note there. Yeah, I've heard very few guys, uh, you know, whether it's on tribute albums or YouTube clips of tribute bands that sound convincing like Paul Stanley, or more importantly, the role that Paul Stanley does in carrying a show with his with his band. Or, uh, that, that would be fun from a TV show perspective of working with prospective candidates on their intersong banter. That, that's not how you say people. You yeah. gotta say people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, th that for me would be comic <laughs> gold. Um, but but Paul Paul's a tough one, and, and it's which Paul do you want him to sound like as well? Because while we talk about some of the vocal challenges he has post-2008 in different parts of his career, going back to 73, 74 and onwards, he sounds different. You know, he, he starts different styles of singing. Um, I, I think there was some discussion of singing from the gut and, you know, protecting himself from over-singing that he did early on in his career. You know, which, which way do you want him to sound? So which era do you want him to most, uh, the person to sound like? Um, and, and maybe they're not going to be that detail-oriented. It'll be a matter of, well, he looks good, 
and he sounds close enough because it, uh, Paul, Paul's so uh, you know so special that you know it may be simply a matter of that. I've heard a lot of the the tribute guys who sound like Gene. They look like him. They sound like yeah. him. They nail it, um, and and it's impressive. Ace and Peter, you know, how much of a big deal is that if they've only got one song? You know, they can always. But you know, but you know what's funny though about the Gene thing though is, as I always found though that Gene kind of puts on a voice when he sings. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't sound to me like his normal. If he was just singing a normal his normal voice, it almost seems like he puts on that voice, that Gene demon voice when he sings. Whereas Paul seems to come across as that's his voice when he sings. That's why it's probably harder for to, to find a replacement for him because to do the Gene, you got to do like the oh yeah, and you start doing like that kind of stuff where you sound all you know like almost like a macho man Randy Savage a bit. And then you start kind of getting towards the gene a bit there, and when you kind of refine that in. It's like throw, you have to put on a voice to do the gene. That's why more people could probably do it, I think. Yeah, it's post-Destroyer, post-God of Thunder. It became more of a growler, you know, and, and what do they do now with God of Thunder? They really put a lot of effects through that mic. Yeah. yeah. The whole Cookie Monster. Gene yeah. Voice. <laughs> <laughs> cookie Monster. Love that. So, um... So, you know, I guess those are our thoughts on KISS 2.0. Do we see it working um, in what what capacity? So I want to know from the FAQ, what do you guys think? And there's several, there's been several threads over the years on KISS 2.0 on the FAQ. (laughs) (laughs) Rolls his eyes. But, no, that's my phone ringing. Sorry, that's oh, me. Oh yeah, of course. So, you know, what does what what do you guys think will happen? You know, we've we've heard different theories. You've heard our theories. Um, I want to know what your guys' theories are. Tell me what you guys envision happening. Is do you guys agree with with Mark that it should be Nick and it should be Evan, or do you think there'll be several tribute bands? Do you think we'll have a TV show? Or is there another way that we didn't discuss that you guys think that it's going to come about? And how successful do you think it's going to be? Or, and, and don't just say KISS 2.0 will suck and, and leave it at that. You know, I, I've seen, we've all seen several of those over the years on the FAQ board. You know, give, give, me, give us your honest opinion of what, what you think KISS 2.0 will be like. And last question for you, gentlemen, and my last question for the board is... Will you support Kiss 2.0, Mark? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm willing to give everything a chance. You know what I mean? I mean, if it if it sucks, I mean, either way, you can't you can't have that. At least I don't think you you can't go in with a predetermined notion of what you think it's going to be like. You have to give it a chance. It's only fair to give it a chance. And to see what happens and how it blossoms out of that. And if it's terrible, then it's terrible. And if it's great, then then we benefit. We may get several more years of Kiss music. What's wrong with that, right? So who knows, right? And just before we pass on, I just want to just say uh, this weekend in Canada here is Thanksgiving. So to all the Canadian Kiss FAQers, happy Thanksgiving this weekend. And hopefully everything goes well for you guys out there. Yeah, have a great Thanksgiving. So I guess over to Ken. I agree. I, I'll I'll support it initially, uh, you know, because uh, you got to give it a chance. Like Mark was saying, um, it happens. You're gonna it's gonna be under a big microscope, of course, 
and us KISS fans, and, you know, KISS fans are looking for new things and exciting things, and, and hopefully it will be exciting if they do it, and do it right, I guess that's the key thing, just doing it right, and if it turns out to be a total failure, then so be it, you know, at least they tried uh, to give us something, um, so we'll just have to wait and see if this day happens. Julian, what do you think? I don't know. You don't know. I, I really don't know. Um, I, I would like to say I'm willing to try anything once, but um, I, I just don't know how much energy I have left for the drama, to be to be honest. Um, I, I, I don't know if I can stomach what I inevitably perceive to be them doing it wrong to them messing it up. I mean, it, it, it almost seems, um, when we talk about projects with kiss, whether it's, um, deluxe editions or celebrating their 40th or, you know, going on kiss cruises, that it's more about them fucking something up. That could be awesome. Um, are they capable of doing it right? Are they, going to do it for the right reasons and try and do it on the right level because let's put it this way I have zero interest in going to a theater to see a KISS show and paying a hundred bucks for the privilege of seeing a tribute band I would much rather pay money to go see a real tribute band as is one of those right now who actually um, can use the money to you know develop their show and are doing it for the right reasons rather than Gene and Paul just trying to stretch another few bucks out of the Kiss Army or being perceived as doing it. I'm, I'm sure they have other reasons that they want their legacy to live on. I accept that. Uh, you know, that's totally valid as well, that this is something that they've invested their lives into and they, they probably truly believe that they can continue on as a franchise. You know, well, it's do they want to be a successful franchise like McDonald's or do they want to be the Dallas Cowboys? Um you know. Wow. So, so I don't know. I, I I really have to judge it when it happens. Um, you know, I, I said I wasn't going to go see Kiss again, and I went to Vegas. So who knows? Anything's possible for me. Uh, it, it's a day to day thing. Am I? Did I get out of bed on the right side that day? You know, I for me personally, I'm going to have a hard time paying more than fifteen or twenty dollars to go see a tribute band because whether it's called kiss 2.0 or whether it's called kiss or whether it's the live kiss experience or whatever it's called, I'm going to have a hard time paying money, decent money to go see a, a tribute band. And that's what it's going to be. It's a tribute band. Um, whether it's the official tribute band or not. Um, are they going to have, meet and greets before the show. <laughs> These guys are going to play acoustic songs without makeup and try to milk you for everything it's worth. And you, maybe you're not going to pay $1,200 for it, but you're going to pay a couple hundred bucks to go watch that before the show. I don't know. Get a signed guitar by fake Paul. Yeah. Hey, can you stand a star child? So, um, I'm going to have a hard time. So would, would I support it? I'd support it to, to a certain dollar amount. But I, 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 I don't see myself. Ten dollars, ten bucks. Ten. I don't. 
I, I, I was going to say 20, but I don't see myself paying more than 20 bucks to go see a tribute band, whether it's the official Kiss tribute band or not. I, I, when I have DVDs and I have videos of the real Kiss that I could put on my big screen TV and watch at home and drink beer that's a lot cheaper than I could buy at a venue. So well, there's the key right there. Beer is freaking expensive at shows, so exactly. you know what? I'm staying home. <laughs> so you know, so from the FAQ, would you guys go support it? And to what extent would you support it if you are willing to support it? And how long do you think a Kiss 2.0 will last before they just pull the plug on it and say, you know what? Everybody is not. If you guys don't have anything else, I think we can wrap this episode up, and I would like to hear from everyone on the KISS FAQ message board or on YouTube or wherever you like to participate. Remember, you can watch the show on YouTube. You can subscribe to the show via iTunes. You can listen on Spreaker. You can download directly from the KISS FAQ website. So, for Mark, for Ken, for Julian, I am Lonnie Weissauer, STL Kiss, on the Kiss FAQ message board. And before I say, you stay classy, Kiss Army, I'm going to say, let's go Cardinals. What? <laughs> what? You stay classy, Kiss Army. Thank you for spending time listening to the Kiss FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the Kiss FAQ message board and discuss the topic we broadcast today. We hope to see you again.